chocolate. 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 Hey, chocolate lovers. So we're off this week, but for our bonus episode, I have some clips from my interview with Clay Gordon. Clay is the creator and moderator of the site The Chocolate Life and author of the book Discover Chocolate. Clay and I spoke for quite a while, and in that time, occasionally we got a little off topic. Uh, Clay's background is actually in technology writing, so he's witnessed the growth of many industries thanks to the help of tech. And in the case of fine chocolate, he's seen the technology of the internet being taken advantage of. And this is not necessarily a bad thing, but it has had majorly positive and negative effects upon the industry. For no, for literally free, for no money, I can start a repository of information somewhere and people can find it and access it for free. This is one of those unintended uses of the internet that the creators of it didn't understand. But after Tim Berners-Lee invented HTML and uh, at CERN and invented the browser, then all of a sudden, wow, I mean, um, things have taken off. What we don't have enough of is we don't have enough subject matter experts to be able to look through what's going on and say, this is right and this is wrong. I mean, if you go to the Wikipedia entry on chocolate, as somebody who knows a lot about chocolate, there's a lot of stuff there that's uh, sort of right, not entirely right. Very, very complicated subjects get glossed over in very simplistic ways. And the unfortunately, you get people who are not experts, right, who are catapulted into these positions of expertise who have imperfect understanding and incomplete ability to communicate, and what they say becomes a truth. And that is the downside of the Internet, that there is, there is ground truth, what is actually correct. And then there are these lots of imperfect understandings of it. But, you know, I can go onto LinkedIn and write an article, and I'll get, you know, 10,000 likes and you know, comments on great article, great article. And you look at it and you go, I'm sorry, you know, there's a lot of, there are a lot of fundamental mistakes um, with this article, but it has become a truth. And I, that's, that's the challenge that going forward, everyone faces when it comes to the internet. So what you're saying is that the internet is perpetuating alternative facts. Oh, yeah. So one way to think about it, is the news. In the 1960s, in the United States, we had ABC, NBC, and CBS. That was it. Three channels, really. And every evening, for 30 minutes, we had the nightly news. We had Walter Conkright and Huntley and Brinkley. And the networks knew they only had 30 minutes. And they needed to make sure that they focused on things that were important, and they got their facts right. What happened with cable is all of a sudden we have not three, but hundreds of channels, and they're operating 24 hours a day. And their primary goal is to fill those 24 hours a day, right? And getting it right became secondary, right? And now there's a lot more competition. And so 
there's a lot more sensationalizing of what it is that's going on. And fundamentally, I mean, you know, if, you know, now anybody can become a publisher online where 30 years ago, if you wanted to publish a magazine or a newspaper, you know, it took a, a lot of money and a lot of resources to create the content and then print and distribute it. And that barrier to entry has disappeared. It is gone. Now anybody can become a publisher. And if they do a good job uh, of attracting an audience, their view of the world can become a truth. Do you watch CNN, MSNBC? Or do you watch Fox? Right? You know, where are you on InfoWars? Which of them are the truth? None of them are the truths. They're all a version of the truth. Right? And this has all been created, or this has been all been facilitated by this increase in availability of communications bandwidth. Right. And a complete dropping of the barriers to entry. Right? The analogy is John, Nancy and Chocolate Alchemy dropped the barrier of entry to chocolate making to almost nothing. You know, I can go out and buy a premier grinder for under 400 bucks and using tools that I already have in my kitchen. I can make chocolate. That's a phenomenally wonderful thing. The barriers to entry are now zero for people who want to do it. But. Making chocolate is easy. Making good chocolate is hard. Making good chocolate consistently is a lot harder. The, the fundamental you know, challenge of the Internet is which truth are we going to believe? Which truth are we going to adopt and we're going to follow? John Nancy's not a bad one. But if you have a thousand other people who are making chocolate exactly the same way, we need some other people to come in and say, oh, you know, let's innovate on some other ways of making chocolate, some other production pathways, so that we can be making a different kind of chocolate. The trap that I think we run into is that this modern two-ingredient chocolate is a retro movement, right? It's designed to get at the, for want of a better term, the roots of chocolate because modern-day chocolate is an industrial product. And so we're trying to go back to pre-industrial forms of chocolate mix in an attempt to revive right, our appreciation of it. I mean, industrialization did not disconnect bread makers from traditional styles of bread making. It did not disconnect beer makers from traditional styles of making beer or wine makers or balsamic vinegar makers. I mean... That connection to its heritage did not disappear in these other foods. It disappeared in chocolate. There was literally no equivalent to, you know, the craft brewery in chocolate for, you know, close to a hundred years. But we're, we're, we're going back and rediscovering those roots, but it is not revolutionary. In the sense that this is, we're breaking new ground. Those are all of my questions. So knowing that the topic is the internet and chocolate and the intersection of those two, is there anything else you'd like to share? Yeah. Uh, I think, I think there is an important thing about the internet. The internet could facilitate uh, a lot more than it does, um, but it requires a lot more willingness to share than uh, people are currently able, currently willing to do. Right? So I think there's a lot more that can be done. We've just begun to scratch the surface. 
know, how do we take the internet and form a way and, and create a, a forum, a mechanism, some meeting place where people can get together and discuss this stuff and know that there are moderators, know that there are people involved in discussion who really know what it is that they're talking about. There aren't enough people who are out there in the world who have an understanding, that broad level of understanding, who are good communicators about this. I, I do what I can, and I know that I'm not as effective as I would like to be at, uh, at doing this. Uh, but um, you know, it's something that I strive to do. This is a, a perceived need, and we need to figure out how to make this happen, and then to do the work to make it happen so that there can be better communication in between the meetings in person.